0: Hey everyone, it's Bill Thompson, T-Bill. Welcome to Plain Market Talk. Today is Friday, October 21st, 2022. Okay, it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon Eastern Time right now. We have about an hour trading left. The market's up about 2%. We've got the uh, Dow Jones Industrial Average up 2.11%. S&P 500 up 1.99%. NASDAQ Composite up 1.82%. The markets have been somewhat volatile this week, but if things hold as they are, markets will finish up this week around 3%. Part of the reason is the market's beginning to get a feel that the Federal Reserve might be beginning to slow down its interest rate increases for several factors. One is that the previous interest rate increases might begin to now take an effect to slow down inflation. We're also seeing the supply chain issues continue to unwind. That should take inflationary pressures off, particularly involving shipping. Uh, We've seen gas prices come down somewhat from where they were just a few months ago. And also, we're beginning to see a little bit more of a tightening labor market, uh, where uh, you might have cases where employers no longer have to continue to raise wages to attract workers. So a lot of factors. All right, so here's the thing the markets will focus on uh, next week. First of all, on the economic front, we have a big inflation report coming out on Friday, the Personal Consumption Expenditures Inflation Index. I'll talk more about that next week. That's the one the Federal Reserve really focuses on. But I think the main focus for the markets next week will be corporate earnings. And we have five big technology companies reporting next week. And the markets are really going to focus on these. So here they are on Tuesday. Uh, October 25th, we have Microsoft reporting, so markets will focus on those guys. Uh, The same day, we have Google reporting. Um, I still call them Google. The company's technical name is Alphabet. So we have Microsoft and Google reporting on Tuesday. Uh, On Wednesday is, formerly known as Facebook, now known as Meta, they'll be reporting on Wednesday. I believe all of these releases are after the market closes, so... Microsoft and Google on Tuesday, Facebook on Wednesday, and then we have Apple on Thursday, as well as Amazon. Even though Amazon's not technically a technology company, it's thrown in with them. So those are the five big ones Uh, markets will focus on, Microsoft and Google on Tuesday, um, Meta or Facebook on uh, Wednesday, Amazon and Apple on Thursday. So that'll be a big focus with the markets. Okay. Uh, today we're going to talk about the Nasdaq Composite, third the stock market indices, but we will get to that in just a few minutes. Okay, we got a few other things going on here. Saw so a report that Bitcoin, uh, its volatility, has dropped now below the stock market indices I have mentioned—Dow uh, Jones Industrial Average, S&P 500, uh, and Nasdaq Composite—for the first time since 2020. So, what, what does that mean? Well, um, we, we we look at not only you know potential returns for investments, we also look at the volatility. How volatile are they? The more volatile they are, the higher the risk that's involved. But for short-term traders, more opportunities. You know, uh, on upcoming lessons, I'm going to be talking about option contracts, and we call that technically a Vega coefficient, VEGA. But anyway, Bitcoin is stabilized. I uh, Use that as a proxy. There's actually 19,000 cryptocurrencies out there. And it's been stabilizing for a while now, uh, several months, around the $20,000 uh, unit level. Technically, right now, it's at $19,141. The idea is that as it begins to become less volatile, uh, it may begin to attract more investors, and that would help it in the long term. So, you know, I'll talk about cryptocurrencies. It's on some of my upcoming lessons, but what I've talked about in previous sessions. Uh, you know, I know there's a lot of opinions on cryptocurrencies. There, there's one side that says it is the absolute wave of the future among all other financial instruments. You got another side that says it's already cryptocurrencies have already had their day, and they're going to way the la- laser disc the dodo bird. Uh, I'm I'm more in the middle, actually. I think cryptocurrencies are too entrenched to just disappear. But what we are seeing, which I actually mentioned we probably would see about a year ago, we're seeing an an entrenchment right now, retrenchment, actually. Uh, I saw with the dot-com stocks in the early 2000s, uh, you had a lot of companies just skyrocketed in price because they had dot-com after their name. But eventually that market came tumbling down and what happened? The weaker players fell out of the market, the stronger companies survived. And I think that's what you're seeing with cryptocurrencies, also. So, yeah, I do have some future lessons coming up. Give you an idea what I'm going to start covering after today's third market, a third of the uh, stock market indices. Nasdaq composite. that uh, composite. Next, I'm going to move on to stock trading order types. I mentioned that in the last session market order, limit order, fill or kill, immediate or cancel, or better orders, stuff like that. Uh, Also going to, uh, then I'm going to move on to a few lessons on cryptocurrencies. Uh, I did cover those in August of last year, August of 2021, but I'll cover them again. You know, what are they? What are blockchains? What is data mining? So forth. Uh, And then I'm going to move on to a whole long series of lessons on option contracts. So talk about that. So that'll be our next few things coming up. All right. So we had that news. Uh, we had a report from American Express, as well as, uh, I believe it was Bank of America, it might have been J.P. Morgan, one of the big banks, as well as American Express said, consumer spending is still strong. See, they can see it based on the usage of their cards. Like the banks, the banks can see consumer spending on debit cards, as well as credit cards or any other kind of debit transactions. And American Express can get a feel for it with the use of the American Express card. Yeah, consumer spending is 70% of the US economy. And regardless of high inflation, fears of recession, higher interest rates, whatever, consumers are still spending. Uh, what they're seeing is they're continuing to spend on food. That seems to uh, not be a uh, pullback any. Uh, they're also seeing uh, large spending in travel. I think a lot of pent up demand for travel. Um, you know, based on people not being able to go anywhere during COVID, and we're also seeing large amounts of spending in entertainment. So those are three areas they are still seeing. So maybe some opportunities in, in any of those areas. All right. So we do have that also. Uh, Prime Minister of the United Kingdom resigned. You know, Liz Truss. I talked about that on some previous sessions. You know, they had some. Uh, there have some economic issues over there, and. Basically, they wanted to um, put into place what you know sometimes here is called Reaganomics. The idea is the government simply cuts back on its income tax, um, income tax rates. The idea putting more money in consumers' pockets, they then begin to spend it, works its way through the economy, and it generates more tax revenue that way. Problem is, in the short term, though, if a government does that. It has to cut back on its spending or it has to start borrowing large amounts of money. It's just like an individual. If their you know paycheck was suddenly cut by 30%, uh, they're going to have to keep things balanced, either cut back on spending or start borrowing. Anyway, it, the, the, the program came out of nowhere. It was total chaos. Uh, financial markets over there had all kinds of issues. Uh, Bank of England had to move in to stabilize their bond market. Uh and she resigned. She is the shortest uh, reign, lived, reigning, however you want to say it, prime minister in British history. So it'll be interesting to see what happens over there. You know, another day I'll talk more about the economic and financial implications of Brexit uh, and what might happen going forward, leaving the European Union. So, uh, but we did have that news also. Okay, so our other thing for today, I'm going to talk about. Uh, Talk about the third of the stock market indices or indexes, some people say. First of all, there's hundreds of stock market indices. We, we could create one today if we wanted to. All we have to do, we have about uh, 2,800 stocks to trade on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange, around 3,300 on the electronic trading system NASDAQ, 6,100. We could just put them in alphabetical order, pick every seventh one add up the price, divide by whatever number we have to come up with an average. So there's hundreds of them out there. But the three main ones you hear about are the Dow Jones Industrial Average, Standard & Poor's 500, I've covered those on some recent sessions, and today the NASDAQ Composite. So a little history of uh, what, what is NASDAQ. Okay. New York Stock Exchange has been around since 1792. And we used to have a lot of regional exchanges here in the United States, Chicago, Buffalo. Uh, and so forth. All right, but a stock exchange is where traders are physically face to face on the same location exchanging stocks, stock exchange. But what about companies that were not big enough to trade on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange? Well, some traded on those regional exchanges, but a lot of those dealt with regional stocks. What about national companies that just were not big enough to qualify for the New York Stock Exchange? They used to trade in what's called the -the over-the-counter market, OTC. So here's how that worked. You would walk into a brokerage firm as an investor, and there would be a clipboard with these stocks listed with a relatively recent price, last two, three days or so forth. And if you had a company that you were interested in buying, you walked up to the counter. Assume you already had an account at the brokerage firm. In other words, you're talking to somebody over-the-counter. And you might indicate you'd like to buy 100 shares of this company stock. So that person on the other side of the counter would call it to the back. The traders in the back, they had a list, of phone numbers, of other brokerage firms that traded this stock. And what they would do, they had to make three phone calls. And whoever gave them the best price, each of the three they called would hold the price for five minutes. Then you call back the one that had the lowest price, unless it was the third one. You just Then you just complete the trade. If it's the third one, you just do it then. It's a very tedious process, but that's why they were called over-the-counter stocks. In 1971, the brokerage firms figured out a way to link their computers together. Uh, investments are called securities. Uh, brokerage firms are called security dealers. They have their own association, uh, the National Association of Security Dealers, NASD. And they they were able to link their computers together way back in 1971, like their own version of the internet, in order to transmit prices back and forth for these stocks. Uh, Stock prices are called quotations. So they called it the um, automatic quotations system. Uh, And so, the full name of that system is the National Association of Security Dealers' Automatic Rotations, uh, which nobody calls it that, everybody calls it by its initials NASDAQ. So that's what NASDAQ is, it was a linkage uh, brokerage firms, computers. Uh, and then eventually they evolved to where they could start trading, so that's basically what it is today. Now NASDAQ is huge today. Uh, New York Stock Exchange still has the highest dollar trading volume of any exchange in the world, uh, but NASDAQ, um, it's an electronic stock exchange. I believe they have the second highest. So that, that's what Nasdaq is. So the same year they came up with this in 1971, they came up with a stock market index, the Nasdaq Composite. It's simply made up of the uh, t- all 2,800 stocks that trade on Nasdaq. So not nothing too difficult about that. Now. Just like the S&P 500, it's a weighted index. What does that mean? Bigger companies count more than small ones. So it was started back in 1971 with an arbitrary number of 100. Right now, as I look at it, it's at a level of 10,828. So theoretically, if you had bought all those stocks back then, for uh, for every for, say you invested $100 in it back in 1971, that hundred dollars would be worth ten thousand eight hundred twenty-eight dollars. So, how do you trade this thing? It's probably not feasible for most people to go out and buy, um, you know, that many stocks. So. What, what what do you what do? You do? Uh, the By the way, I said 2,800. Sorry, that's the New York Stock Exchange, 3,300 on NASDAQ. So, correct myself there. 3,300. All right, so what you do though, easiest way to trade, it's called the triple Qs. It is the symbol QQQ, triple Qs. Uh, it, what it is, uh, it tries to replicate the NASDAQ composite as much as possible. Here's why. We have something else out there called the NASDAQ 100 uh, trading symbol. It varies by where you're getting it from, but it's usually NDX, Nancy David X-Ray. What it is, it's the 100 top stocks of those 3,300. And believe it or not, that's 90% of the value of NASDAQ. It's heavily dominated by just a few big companies. Anyway, so the idea of the triple Qs is it buys the 100 stocks. I think sometimes it's 101, 102 anyway, that that make up the NASDAQ 100. So the idea of the triple Qs, uh, it represents about 90% of all of NASDAQ. So the triple Qs is the way most people do it. It's what's called a closed end investment trust. Uh, I think it's been around, if I remembered, uh, since around 1999. I I do remember when it came along. So uh, that's the investment most people do to triple Qs. Uh, It started out I think it started out at like a level of around 50 or so. And right now it's at 275, more or less, $274.9, $274.95. So that's the way most people trade the NASDAQ, it's through the triple Q, about 90% of its value. All right, so that's just a brief overview of the third of our stock market uh, indices. All right, so anyway, so next time we're gonna get on, we'll, ta- we'll start talking about stock order types. I'll start with market orders. Probably do market limit orders to start. You know the advantages and disadvantages of those. Then we'll move on to many other types, but we we will get to those. Okay, so hope everyone's doing well. Again, Bill Thompson, T Bell, and I will talk to everybody again soon. Take care. See ya. <laughs>